voices in my head speak out loud. My world is spinning, and I keep dreaming as I fall to the ground. Can you lift me up? My feet keep digging in the mud. My mind is swimming, but I'm not quitting. Until my eyes are shut, the sun keeps shining behind the clouds. But you keep your distance behind your frown. I've climbed the mountain to find it all, but I keep on searching. Conversations, one that Javier and I had lined up or had worked on lining up many times when he was visiting. I could have done this over the phone, but uh, I feel the energy is so much stronger in person. So whether it, I was in Nashville or he was in St. Louis, we just uh, you couldn't find times where our schedules connected. So fortunately, it was uh, it was nice to sit down. You know, we're dealing with COVID now. But it was great to go outside. We were socially distanced, and uh, and record this, you know, in the same space. And it was it was cool sitting out in the park. Perfect day, and just a good time to catch up with an old friend. Uh, I met um, Javier for the first time when I was at Webster University, and this was uh, prior to the release of Step Into My Place, and I was blown away. I had never, you know, I had known friends in bands, but I had never seen an indie artist with that level of energy. Tight band, uh, that's where I first met David Carnes and, um, you know, been friends with these guys since. Uh, one of the things we had talked about, and he was going to, um, prior to COVID, have a show that was a step into my place anniversary show and of course wasn't able to do that uh we had talked about recording a podcast and then you know things kind of were delayed but uh glad to have done so and to have have talked uh, about the album uh the 20th anniversary for about a good 20 minutes now that's one that if you want to go back and listen to that i have now begin putting uh, excerpts from episodes on youtube so go to my YouTube, Ken Calcaterra, and you can uh, you can find this there, along with uh, what I'm calling at this point morsels, uh, just little little bite-sized portions of the uh, of the conversations. Granted, the, the step into my place retrospective is a little longer, but uh, it's well worth it. Just looking back over this album, it was uh, recorded by you know two great friends, Jason McIntyre and Daryl McClanahan. I've known those guys for years. They've just created amazing projects, and I've I've loved working with them. Uh, it's just a lot of history there. So it was a nice to you know talk about the album. Just a lot of great songs. If you haven't ever heard this album, you know take a listen. I started this podcast off with waiting, and then going into the interview, we're going to play a clip from uh, one of Javi's favorite songs from this album, "Step Into My Place." 
And I'm going to end it up with probably one of the Hobo Kane tracks. Uh, probably Gold. We talked about Gold. It's one of my favorites. I want you all to hear a little bit about that. It's never easy as an independent artist. And that's one thing I've always appreciated about Javier is that he is he's released music yearly. He has been uh, probably the one of the most consistent indie artists who I've you know had the pleasure of knowing that had just such consistent releases. So check out his catalog. There's a lot of great music there. Um, I just I just can't say enough about it. Want to thank Dr. Mark Holland for his sponsorship. Dr. Holland has many locations in the St. Louis area. If you go to the show page, if you you go to any of the YouTube um, excerpts as well as full episodes on YouTube now, you'll see uh, you'll see his locations listed there, telephone numbers, websites, all that. Thanks to him for helping me bring this show to you. I've been really blessed over the years to meet a lot of great people. And, you know, that's one of the things that um, I created this podcast because I want to introduce other friends to these great works of art that I've had the experience of of uh, absorbing, of experiencing. Um, you know, it's, it's tough, tough in the indie world and, and tough in this day and age to, uh, to get exposure. So I hope that um, the experience of listening to this show is going to expose, you know, just great artists, great artisans, uh, business people, just people who, who I really am fond of and have enjoyed speaking with. So check out my social media. Keep the conversation going. Ken Calcaterra. I'm on Have Conversations with Calcaterra on Facebook. Have my website, KenCalcaterra.com. Twitter, Ken Calcaterra. Instagram. Don't always keep up with everything, but uh, trying my best. But uh, you can find some of my work on there, some of my videos, some of my photographs, and uh, see these great people who I've had the pleasure of interacting with over the years. The uh, the cover photo of Javier is one I took from a show a few years back, outdoor show. He uh, he performed at the History Museum. One of my favorite photos of him. Uh, check it out um, again. You know, respond. You know, give me a comment on social media. I want to keep improving the show. Check out Javier's work uh, on the show page. I have um, just uh, you know links to him, as well as uh, some of the cool projects that he has done. So here it is, the title track off the Step Into My Place album. After that, my good friend Javier Mendoza, aka Hobo Kane.
Javier, it's great. Uh, beautiful day here. It's, it is. Uh, I love the suggestion of coming to the park. I, I haven't done one of these outdoors. Well, I mean, for me, especially this park, I, I used to live like down the street um, when I was single. So there's uh, there's some meaning to this <laughs> nice. this park. Nice. I've been to this coffee shop a few times, but I completely, it's been a while, so I completely forgot. So, of course, uh, I'm more used to the other side of Sutton with uh, Sarasota, uh, Rains, right. and all that. So That's just a sweet, but, sweet uh, little coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, great spot. Um, let's look at, I mean, you've had such a storied career, so we could go so many different directions. But I, I think to start, um, I want to find out a little bit more about your rebranding in 2014 as, as Hobo Kane and what, uh, what led to that decision. Um, right, well, I think it all started from, the, it spun from St. Louis. And basically, uh, in St. Louis, it took me about <clears throat> maybe 10 years uh, to get people to understand that although my name was Javier Mendoza, Latin name, <clears throat> my music was not Enrique Iglesias or was not flamenco <laughs> or was not Latin jazz. Yeah. It was just, I was just a rock guy that knew how to sing and, or pop rock guy that knew how to sing. And, like <clears throat> that, that video we did um, for, for Band on the Run years right. ago. And, and Peters, of course, he was, he, was, exactly. he was laying it on, but he said, when I first heard about these guys, a Javier Mendoza band, I thought this is some crappy, crappy ass, shitty it's, salsa it's awesome. band. Exactly, but it's, you yeah. know, it, and he said that, but he truly, I, I, I believe that he, he probably thought that. and At one time, yeah, maybe. And, right, and then, uh, so, you know, it took a lot. I mean, we've I've had so many experiences, and the guys in the band will tell you, we would show up to... Uh, venues where they would hire us and uh there would be you know like salsa dancers waiting for us to start playing <laughs> and and when would that ha when that would happen i would like look at the guys and change the set to make it even more rock yeah yeah, yeah. And, it, and it was just one of those things where yeah. it was catastrophic you know people the, they would complain and we got paid yeah. and we were never called again <laughs> so these experiences happen or, or not only that we would play a show at Blueberry Hill and people just would not they had heard my name but they just assumed that it was Latin music yeah um, which there's I'm you know proud to say that we do I have a lot of Latin influence but I've always felt that for me it was just I spoke two languages mm -hmm. and I sang you know all my influenced music whether you know uh, Led Zeppelin influence to uh, Radiohead or to Coldplay or to Jeff Buckley mm -hmm. And just sang sometimes in Spanish and English. Yeah, so, and that's what I love. And Waiting, one of my favorite songs all, all time. And we can go through like a best of or greatest hits list or right. whatnot. But uh, I, I and I love the Spanish that you incorporate into that. It right. just it's just such a smooth transition, and it just adds so much texture to the song. And and it felt right in that song. Yeah. Uh, but so basically, what what happened was that I I went to. Uh, when we moved to to Nashville, and I didn't move to Nashville because of music. I moved to Nashville because my wife got a job mm -hmm. there. So, but, um, but what a great place to land, right? As, as a musician, sure. And so I think that it, it felt like uh, you know it was a win win for both of us. And so, I moved there, and I was at a point in, that I felt in St. Louis, I I didn't know where else to go. Like I didn't know, uh -huh. you know, what else I could do. So I thought it was a good transition, maybe get back into songwriting or just uh, meet the right producers or executives or just mm -hmm. ne good networking well when i got there um it started happening but even at a more exaggerated like within four shows uh people were like saying you know what is this are you latin you know it was really hard to explain and not only that i started i got sabotaged with cd baby accidentally it was not to their fault in a sense but they uh -huh. they 
clumped me with another Javier Mendoza. Oh. And it was this mariachi Javier Mendoza, <laughs> which to this day I still have issues with it where like uh-huh. I'll post something and uh-huh. it'll put it'll go straight to this Javier Mendoza oh, Spotify. Wow. Wow. So so people were going into my website, I mean to my Spotify and seeing my albums and the popular songs were these mariachi songs of a guy that it wasn't me. <laughs> I tried and tried. It took me a year to try to get him uh-huh. to change it. It wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So all these things just made me say, you know, maybe I've always wanted to be a, a different name. I never wanted to be Javier Mendoza. I wanted to be something else. And so I thought maybe it's a, it's time. And so I went through so many names, so many names. And and this guy, we were at a bar, and he man, he goes, man, you're you're, you're like a hobo. And <laughs> and I, you know, I, to me, that thought it was like you're a bum, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, no. A, a hobo is a, is a like a, a like a migrant worker, is a transient worker, is a guy who goes from place to place and just has different jobs to to make ends meet and is, is always on the move. And I'm like, man, that is me. You know, that's, that's cool. So I liked I liked hobo. Kind of had that hobby, uh-huh. hobo hobby kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And then Kane came from my mom's maiden name is Cañas, uh-huh. which means canes, like sugar canes. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, I didn't like the S, so I just went with Hobo Kane. So Hobo Kane, hence, there it is. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, with that, I mean, you have how many releases under Hobo Kane now? Like uh, well, two or three? I cheated on a couple, but in the sense that they were Javier Mendoza, uh, but they were just pretty recent. So uh-huh. I changed the cover and put them on Hobo Kane okay. and put them on. But yeah. two legitimate ones were the or two. So once the, the self-titled. Hobo Kane album that was a really cool experience uh, because I did it in uh, at the Sound Emporium. In fact, when I was recording in the B room with Toby Wright, who was the producer for like uh, he produced Metallica. Uh, I got three Grammys with Alice in Chains. It's funny because obviously my album's nothing like that, but we we met through David Carnes, and so. Um, we were in the B room in the Sound Emporium, and right next to us in the um, room A was Jason Isbell recording his to-be Grammy-winning album. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I would go get cookies and coffee every day, seeing if he would like I would run into him, <laughs> but he never would come yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, and and that's what as t- talking with um, Jason McIntyre recently, as well as Randy Burns, who's uh-huh. another guest I've had. You know, the real eclectic producers, they can produce a Metallica and then produce a, a Hobo Kane or right. something, you know, more singer-songwriter. So so the, the producers that are really good are the ones that have these eclectic taste and very diverse taste in music. And sure. it's, it's amazing. You uh, can pretty much do anything. I know. And I mean, I consider myself a producer now after so many years. I just have Absolutely. not. I've not had a chance. I've done a couple of productions, but I would love to get more into it. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's a hard it's a hard place to get into, especially when you don't have any money. Oh, I know <laughs> and it. As a musician and well, as an artist, you know yeah. you know how that is. <laughs> yeah, you can stretch it uh, to some extent, but sure. uh, at some point you realize your limitations or you realize sure. how, how much work do I really want to put into this. So it has to be something that really grabs your heart right. that you, you don't mind. Well, and it's, then you have, you know, people that like speaking of Jason McIntyre that I know you interviewed recently, but he you know, he he's always had a hard time it's a gray area between being an engineer and a producer. Mm-hmm. He's always had a hard time accepting production credit because he's always, but he is such a producer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. so many of my albums I've always wanted to credit him and I have as a producer because, you know, he's there uh, making these suggestions and, and, but many producers out there just 
they'll they'll take the suggestions, but then after that, say, mm-hmm. you know, it was my idea, or <laughs> yeah. or just you know, yeah. let it go away. But you know, I think you need to give credit, especially to those engineers, because they 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 have a big handle on on what what is happening. Absolutely, they're really listening to the creation yeah, of the song. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about Jason. He's, he's so humble where he's like, no, I'm, I'm just part of this team. Yeah. I'm a collaborator. Yeah. I don't. Uh, but no, it's like, dude, you're, but you're, he's, you're he's amazing. Not, he's not humble in the studio. I mean, what I mean by <laughs> that, I mean that he's not a cocky, but he will yeah. tell you what he thinks. And that's great. I mean, he thinks them things crappy. He's not. He doesn't. Yeah. I've always loved that about him. He, yeah. You know, I've, I've always been known to be in the studio and, and I'm kind of a one take thing when it when it comes to singing and but he was you know it's like that's it that's what you got you know yeah. well he's he's one to serve the song to serve the work sure so he's not doing it for ego oh absolutely but not. if it takes if it takes pushing a little bit then that's what he's going to do to make that work the best work that it can possibly and, be and the work that is at the end that's that that has his name on it yeah. so he it benefits anybody every artist you want the best thing out there cuz then it it leaves your mark i mean when you're doing your video work yeah. or your pod you want the best thing that's out there you know absolutely like even even in i'm a bit of a perfect one well, i'd say recovering perfectionist i stole that <laughs> from my cousin robert vogel but uh, like, like even with this, when you mentioned outdoors, I'm like, okay, that I like that idea. But are we going to have traffic noise and sure. planes and this and that? But it's, uh, you know, I'm trying to get to be more, you know, acceptive of different things and say, you know, let's let's try this. Let's be flexible. We'll keep the quality, but do something a little different. So yeah, you know, man, that's and, a little bit of my evolution. And I agree with that. I, I like that when you say recover, recovered uh, a perfectionist. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. You know, uh, I don't listen to. A lot of people give me my like I have people that I play with and they'll give me a CD or a recording of the of the song of the show that I've done mm-hmm. I don't listen to them I because then once I start listening to them I start realizing how bad I am at this <laughs> so I don't I don't want to listen to I just usually I, I see the imperfections as they're happening I'm playing the yeah, show and yeah. going oh my god that was not good oh this but at the end it's the response from the audience yeah. so if the response is good I'm like you know, tomorrow's uh-huh. another day. We'll have a different show. I'm sure it'll be better in ways. Yeah. But there's never a perfect show. I mean, once we're perfect, it's over, right? Mm-hmm. And that's part of, you know, a lot of people say that's uh, part of the fun of it. And that was one of the things with Eddie Van Halen did another podcast with his passing that he said music is something that I'm paraphrasing that the the mistakes and everything make it real. Yeah. Uh, they make it something special. And Jason said that. So it's cool. With this podcast, I'm learning so much. Well, good. It's like, hey, man, should have figured out a podcast <laughs> 20 well, years ago and would have been a pioneer. Hopefully a Harley Davidson without a muffler will pass us by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, what the hell? I can I can live with it. So um, your newest single, Crazy, I just saw that that was something that you sure. worked on with Jason. Now, when did this come about? Well, and and that that's I have a lot of music that... Yeah. I've just either, either I haven't released or was with uh-huh. a project that um, was released at early and then it never okay. right. kind of took it out. So Crazy comes from a project that I started here in St. Louis called Sun Motel. Yes, yes. So, I, I'm going to listen to that later. I just right, pulled it off my, right. my CD shelf. So it was this uh, attempt, I, you know, honestly, it was this, uh, I had this idea of uh, creating a project that was the Black Eyed Peas meet uh, Weezer meet the cars. That was <laughs> yeah. it. So the whole idea is, you know, I had a girl keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Then I was me. I was the Hispanic guy. Yeah, I had yeah. the um, uh, Logan Dietering was yeah. the blonde. Dennis you know, Stringfield. Dennis Str- so, you know, yeah. we, it kind of was a very eclectic group, but we were doing just kind of garage band, straight up. 
um, <laughs> pop songs, but you know, with grungy sound. Yeah, one of my favorite projects of yours. It, I mean, I love everything, no, yeah. but that was one that stood out. I'm like, this is different. This is cool. A little right. super group there. And so, yeah, man, and it just uh, it fell through because uh, I don't know. That, well, actually, the 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 keyboard player she she moved to, and then that. Then it was a guy, another guy band. And yeah, yeah. It just kind of turned, I don't know, I just, and we kept it going, but it lost a little momentum. So, uh, but anyways, all that music was there, and I thought, man, I want to release this song, because I, I thought it was a really good, uh, it's a good, a good, a good um, uh, message, especially where it's poignant to where we're living mm-hmm. right now. And I just think, you know, a song about believing that we can, we can touch people in, you know touch people's souls and and that we are all in one we all bleed we all hurt and we all need to be with 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 one another in that sense unifying mm-hmm. you know so i thought it was a a good way to release it and yeah that that was a a song that uh that jason uh recorded and we recorded and mixed it but it was at um it was when he had this his studio in union Oh yeah, the, so we the big the old church. Yep, we I, did. I never saw that place, but it's the stories I hear. I mean, that was a really really cool yeah. vibe there. Yeah. So and that, that so I released that, and actually I've got a, another single that's coming out of there that was never released, and okay. it's actually yeah. probably the hardest song I've ever written. Like it's uh, it's kind of has a, it's pretty edgy. So I'm I'm interested to seeing what how people respond because it's gonna for people that have been following me for a long time. Mm-hmm. It sounds like nothing because I mean, crazy Answer still has a little bit um, yeah. of that. Oh yeah, still has yeah. a pop uh-huh, kind yeah. of, you know. But this it one, uh, when you hear it, it's called "So You Say." When it's coming out um, in uh, November. Oh great! Well, good. Well, uh, yeah. you know, everybody check that out. Um, when you get a link, I can add it to this sure. this page, sure. and definitely will share. Okay, that's yeah. so def- that's definitely exciting. it's definitely going a little bit different different direction in that. Good, and that that's what keeps things, I, I mean, I find interesting, and you've always had such a interesting mix of music with adding the Spanish. You have songs like Blood on the Water, which is a bit darker, that has right. a message. You have the pop songs. You have the spiritual songs. Um, it's just always, there's always something new and or something a little different, and each song, the bands I like are, are the bands and the artists who have songs that have their own identity. And that's something when I listen to a Javier Mendoza record or a Hobokane that each I know beautiful stands out on its own. And then you, you go to another song, She, which which was right. one of David's songs mm-hmm. he wrote. It, it was a great song on that album as well. So it shows that diversity. Yeah. And because uh, some bands, it's just like every song kind of sounds similar. And it's kind of like, what, what's the title of that? I don't know. But, I think uh, it's, it's a curse and a blessing, yeah. I think. Uh, it's a curse in the sense that uh, with, you know, when you're trying to get signed or you're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, they, they need to pigeonhole you. It's, it's right now. And I, I understand why, because it's a business. You know, you have to find a, a, a brand. And that's the best way to sell a brand mm-hmm. is to make it be one thing. Sure. You know, um, but the blessing is that, like you said, I think when I play shows, one of the biggest compliments I get is that, man, I, I it's so interesting because I don't know what you're going to play me. All of a sudden, I thought you were singing, you were going to be this, you know, pop artist, and all of a sudden you're doing this, you know, uh, like spiritual songs or uh-huh. folky. Yeah. Um, I'm all over the map. <laughs> I'm all over the map. Absolutely. But, I, you know, I listen to everything. So mm-hmm. why, why, why not? you know experience yeah. at all and it, and i guess that explains why the bands that i truly they're truly in my heart and the artists such yourself because i've been 
following you for 20 years and we've been friends sure. it's like man hobby's so great why hasn't uh you know why hasn't a record company picked yeah. him up but i guess because you're not pigeonholed and it's M- maybe so my yeah. taste i guess a lot of bands that i really love it's like man they're so great why why haven't they done more because right. you're so eclectic and you're so good that uh I just can't figure out how to right. market that. So you're telling me that you're not a big Jonas Brothers fan? <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's a band I haven't gotten into. Yeah. I, I mean, I might like their you music. Met, I, but I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't like them, but I, but I mean, but I understand why they're very popular. Yeah. Now, the, having said that, I think there are artists out there out there that I should be as a you know as an independent, mm-hmm. uh, eclectic and, and experienced artist. I should not like you know, but I do. I like some. I mean, there's like, you know, the band 21 Pilots is amazing, I think. And there are I, young... I don't know a lot about them. I was more, uh, I guess, uh, from their area, shiny toy guns. But so yeah. 21 Pilots, young young band? Yeah, well, I mean, now they're not that not yeah. so young, but uh, just I, I find them very eclectic. I find them very experimental. I find them uh, accessible, but, but intelligent at the same time. So, and they're, you know, they're a band that my kid loves. And nice. I, I mean, through him, I'm, he's 13. Through him, I'm, I'm experiencing new, new people that I, and I love it. That and is, I, that's so cool when you can experience that and share that experience for, with your, with your son. I, I don't want to be a bitter, I don't want to end up being a bitter artist, uh, older guy. Yeah. Oh, this is, you know, my yeah. music back. No, there's great stuff. I think. Gabriel, I don't want to listen right. to this. Put on some Zeppelin, dude. Right. And I, I think, and he loves Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, was, I think we need to share the fact that. That, that there are good things. I think now what what is what is what is a fact that is things are it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, music is overwhelming. Uh, there's too much out yeah. there. I don't know if it's. I think there is too much. I think there's can be yeah. too much of something. I I think yeah. there we lack equilibrium, mm-hmm. music equilibrium right now. Yeah. Um, so it's it's difficult to 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 find things that are good and yeah. and and to accept that they're good i think our attention span because you you know there was a time when you could actually listen to an entire album mm-hmm. now there aren't albums i mean artists i know a lot of young artists that are up and coming out of nashville that have not yet released one lp and yeah. they have you know 500,000 followers and they have like almost a million yeah. hits on their songs and they don't have one they have like seven songs sing, yeah. seven singles yeah yeah and no LPs, no yeah. albums. Yeah. So there's no concept. There's no thought of, 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 of a long, a sure. long, a long sure. thought. Everything is short. Yeah, thinking. and I think to your point right now with Spotify and every, you can everything is at our fingertips, and it can be, it can be stressful to know what, what should I what should I listen to? What's the new thing? How do I find it? Because there's so much out there, and, and I think that's where. You want to have, I don't, maybe, I don't think I want to use the term gatekeepers. Maybe it's an influencers. I don't know if I fully love that term, but somebody that has good taste where you're like, you know, if it's like maybe an Eddie Trunk or somebody like that, he's more old school, but somebody that says, well, I really love this and I'm passionate about it. And you can hear that in their voice that that why they love it. And you're like, let me check that out. And and I think it goes with personality too. I mean, for instance, my, the, the analogy I use that works for me is that, I don't like the Cheesecake Factory, for instance. Now, I've been there only once in my life, but one of the biggest reasons I don't like a place like that is they have a book of, (laughs) their menu is a book, Uh and I'm the kind of guy that when I go out, I like to go into a restaurant, Mm -hmm. the menu's small, and basically I'm gonna end up ordering whatever the special is. Because it's just, I I need very little, or when I go to the supermarket, get some cereal, my wife says. 
I look at, I'm like, what am I getting? You know, it's like, get Cheerios. Cheerios, I mean, there are like 700 yeah. types of Cheerios. Exactly. I, it's too much. I get overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, my personality does not do well with too much. So for me, it hurts me when yeah. the way music is right now uh, exposed and exhibited. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's, it's an adjustment. It's definitely an adjustment. Yeah, yeah. My nephew, David, who you've met a few times, he's been to a few shows, he... Um, he really likes the band Imagine Dragons, which, oh, great. which I love them. You know, they, they have the, sure. they get the reputation or I've heard people say, hey, they're the American Nickelback. But uh, I, I don't, I like them. I, I like them. I, like I don't like Nickelback and I like, yeah. <laughs> I like Imagine Dragons. So. so, and that was, um, and the thing is when, you know, I talk about connection and then when people are super cool, I worked on a live stream I don't know, before they were really known. And I knew a little bit about them at that point. And super cool guys. When we were we were having our crew meal, they came and sat down, and we're watching. Everybody's watching a basketball game, and they're just sitting next to me, and easy to talk to. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't know how they'd be now. They, they've got a lot of fame, but I think they're still pretty cool. And uh, I was telling you, I, I interviewed the director of uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Right. And that's one thing. My nephew, huge Imagine Dragons fan, and I had great show prep. And I forgot to ask him how he went about choosing that. I was oh. like, oh, man. This is, uh, but, you know, again, recovering perfection. Yeah, it's like, you got to let, let it go. go. So hopefully in an email he'll answer that. Absolutely. But, uh, so who, who else are you listening to these days? Or who, who else is Gabriel like that he's introduced you to? Well, um, he has been introduced. He introduced me to um, to a, a, a band, but actually I don't even know. Is it Royale Layal or something like that? But he's been listening to so many things uh that um but not all of it i like uh he he gets into rap i have a hard time with rap he loves post malone i'm not a big i don't like that post malone or um uh khalid i'm not a big fan of khalid oh was it dj khalid? the weekend his... yeah and i yeah, love I the weekend about... i'm actually a big fan of the okay. weekend uh i really like their previous album but i i do i've there's some there's a comfort there's a comfort to the uh, the weekend's new album because it sounds like every song i used to listen to in the 80s okay and it's right. awesome you that's know? cool so i'm, that's, gonna, I'm yeah. gonna check them out no, i mean they have a song that it's like when it starts you're like wait a minute is he about to do a cover of aha you know so it's so the weekend's cool all right um but then you know outside of that i've been listening a, a band that i love is um um now i'm not gonna say it because i, I just bought their I just bought their new, The National, sorry. Okay. So The National's cool. new album is incredible, and uh, I actually bought it in vinyl. I've been trying to buy vinyl now. That's um, cool. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll ever get into it. It's just, I don't know if I can uh, spare that expense. Right. It's like I'm no, still buying is. gear and doing I know, this I and get that. It. But I mean, I did. You have to, I had to invest in a good turntable yeah, and good yeah. speakers. And uh, and then after that, you have to invest in like yeah. a $25, a big, $30. That's an you know, investment. Now, so, now, do you have any of your recordings on vinyl? I have one. I have uh, my the latest album. I did it on vinyl, and you know it's funny. Last night I had a show, and and this they they had bought one vinyl last week, and they came back and they go, "Do you have any other vinyls?" I'm like, "It's really expensive yeah, to make vinyl, yeah. and and I haven't paid for the. I mean, it's not paid up yet. The yeah, other I know, one. It's crazy. So so yeah, it's it's a privilege that I have a vinyl, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and I've actually played the album on vinyl. It does. I don't know if it's uh, in my ears or my mind or what, but it's it definitely sounds different to me. Um, so yeah, the National is a big uh, band that I've been listening. To. I even listen to a lot of uh, um, um, 
the new Taylor Swift album, you know, which actually what the reason I, uh-huh. I got into it, it's called Folklore, was because uh, the, one of the guys in the National produced it or okay, produced most yeah. of it. So, and it's a great album. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay open. But then, you know, I do, I do these walks now. Since COVID, I started walking every morning or tried most of every morning. And I basically walk the length of an album. That is fantastic. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, I go to, uh, um, actually started getting into Frank Zappa. I never got, I, I, I hated Frank Zappa. It just made no sense to me. And now I don't, I don't know if it's the time we're living in or what, but I started doing these walks and Frank Zappa is just amazing. So I kind of got, I've gotten into Frank Zappa. <laughs> I, um, been listening to a lot of the police. I'm a huge police fan. Um. So yeah, I'm all over the map. New artists, I think those those are the ones you. I mean, they're not that new anymore. But uh, the National is a big band. Very cool. Check them out as well. I, and I've I've always been a bit of a late bloomer. So I'll find an artist that have a back catalog of seven or eight albums. Like, why have I not listened to this artist? Yeah, and there's there's actually this great artist. I've been I got to do a show with them, Casey Frazier, and he's uh, you know, he's not really well known, but man, he's great. He's a great artist. So, yeah, I'm trying to stay open to famous people, but uh-huh. then really unknown, and uh, it keeps you fresh. Yeah, I'd like to find those unknowns. Uh, there's a band, uh, they're out of Anaheim called Joyous Wolf. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, they have that 70s vibe, and uh, their lead singer is a guy named Nick Reese. Okay. And when he's on stage, it's like he's possessed. Oh, wow. And uh, it was... Um, I, I went and was just shooting some photos or video for uh, Poppy's Three are now called After Alberta. So oh, they're, wow. They're still playing. They're still playing. Yeah, That's yeah. amazing. And they That's still great. sound great. That's and awesome. it's just great to see that they're they're still loving Absolutely. it and putting out great songs. And so I just went and hung out with them and it was a show for Buck Cherry. Oh, and wow, it, yeah. And, and they were tight. I was never a Buck Cherry fan, but it was a cool show. But Joyous Wolf. It's just like Nick Reese was, it's like this guy is insane and wow. super cool dude. He worked the merch table like until that place closed down, talking to fans and just hanging out. And I don't know where the rest of his band was, but this cat was at the merch table just working it. That's and so awesome. it's, and they're starting to really, uh, they're getting radio play now and all that. This was a couple of years ago that okay. I saw them. So it just goes to show how long it takes. Yeah, and and yeah. they're still not a, a known band. But it's it's cool to see somebody that uh, w- with that character. I thought he had a lot of character. I enjoyed talking with him. Well, start and, getting some and exposure. seeing younger younger yeah. bands uh, really embracing the live the live concert because there there are many you know you see a lot of young artists that are not touching the stages. They just focus on the numbers on Apple Music, Spotify, mm-hmm. and once those numbers get really really high, then they get approached by labels and yeah. so forth. And that's the approach. But it's nice to see people that still, you know, get on the road and, and feel the, the connection between an audience. You know, it's, yeah. it's not as common anymore. Interesting. Interesting. Now, when you started out, you, your dream growing up was not to be a musician. No. You wanted to play, uh, you wanted to be a football player. Yeah. Football, Foot, soccer, soccer, Spanish. Right. Um, yeah, so... That's it's, still my dream. Yeah. <laughs> I think my... Well, you my, look my, like you're in shape, but I, yeah, I don't know, running, that, no. running around the... It was called the pitch in football. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm that in shape. <laughs> well, you know, maybe playing a, a beer league and or whatnot. Maybe a coach. There you go. Does, be, does Gabriel play soccer? No, he hates sports. Ah. I, in fact, we have to kind of force him to do swimming. Okay. Because uh, he's... All he likes... Well, I mean, his sport is playing drums. He's a good drummer. You have to be in a Taylor Hawkins set, yeah. you know, to be a, a drummer 
you have to be an athlete. Yeah, no, and he's he plays drums all the time. He he's a hard hitter. So uh-huh. uh, he he I actually had to get a, one of those uh, plexiglass because <laughs> it was unbearable. But uh, <laughs> so he he doesn't no he doesn't like sports. Um, uh, the other one he's four. He's definitely more athletic and he's looking uh, like he's going to do that. But yeah, for me, I was more of a I was kind of a creative jock. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of uh, in high school I I got along with you know I got along with the you know the the side of the unathlete the non athletes and then I got along with the jocks because I was a good soccer player, um, but I uh, yeah I, I've always played music I just never you know my my parents never you know put it like oh my god you know you're so talented you uh-huh. should no they wanted me to get a job go to get an education sure um, so for me it was. Um, uh, I thought I just wanted to play soccer. I thought that was a cool way for me to get an education, get a scholarship, and so that's that was the. And I hated to study, so for me, I thought this would be the way to do it, and so I did. I actually ended up getting a scholarship, play for St. Louis University, um, and then I tore every single. I tore my groin muscle, then I tore, and then I tore the AC right ACL. Then after college, I actually made this. Uh, it was like an all-star Latin team and it was uh we got picked to play in this league where we're going to get mls uh what do you call it, scouts so i was like oh man i uh-huh. my second chance you know <laughs> yeah. i was like 24 i'm like my second. and during this time i was already doing music but uh-huh. um not you know not to to the extent i'm doing now but i was just still to me they're still a hobby and so on the third practice of that, I tore my left ACL. So pretty much God was saying, just yeah. stay down, <laughs> pick up a guitar. Yeah. Your music, Javier, your music, <laughs> your music is too right. important. It's going <laughs> to change the world in some way. I guess. Uh, so incremental. <laughs> I picked up a guitar a little bit more serious, and uh, and then I got I kind of got, it was a bittersweet uh, thing where I, I my manager got me an opportunity to uh, play a writer's round for Warner Chapel, and so I got a, a publishing deal, and and I say bittersweet because then the, the manager was the one that ended up pretty much you know robbing me. So it was a, it's kind of a bittersweet. Thanks to yeah. him, my career got started. But uh, thanks to him, I was baptized into the music business in the in the in the, the worst way, the hard, <laughs> way. Right, yeah, the hard yeah, way. Baptized by fire. Sure. Fire. <laughs> yeah. Too many stories. I have some other friends that had um, just. Horrible experiences. Sure, you yeah. know one friend of mine. I won't mention his name, and, and at some point, I want to chat with him on the podcast. But it was just a situation where five years, basically, all his music was he he couldn't do anything with it. It was held hostage. Yeah, and uh, then then when the contract ended, he was, uh, you know, he found that love of music again, and is uh, putting out a new album. Is just one of the most amazing talents. You know, somebody like yourself that just from the heart just right. great music and it's just so sad to see good people deal with that but that's the warning of the music business and that's why it's called it's the the contradiction of the term music business you yeah. know uh and and it is it's a it's a business and and unfortunately because it's i i believe it's kind of like religion i feel i believe uh um when business is is uh is mixed with something from the heart it it really it's even more distorted it's it's even becomes even more evil i think you know when you you try to um to to, you know make a business out of 
out of things from the heart or things from the spirit or things that are really honest to somebody, it's, it can really hurt people. You can really hurt people and, and you can also manipulate people that way because, you know, the, you, you're working with people that, that really love what they do. So they're willing to do anything, yeah, yeah. and they're willing to believe anything. We, we we become vulnerable to that, and naive, and and extremely gullible. So it's, yeah, I felt it's, that myself over the years. And sure, we, and because we we're we're looking for that dream. So what, yeah, I mean, yeah. when somebody says, "Hey, man, I I got something," you uh-huh. just want to believe it so yeah, badly because yeah. you you just really want to. I don't know for me if it was the attention that I really seeked. I mean, I love the music. But I def, I love the attention, you know. I, I'm a little, I, I'm, the I'm, same. Yeah. I'm a little guy, and in, in school, <laughs> in school, I was not getting much attention yeah, from yeah. either the girls or just people, or you know, I was kind of a, just you know, I was coasting, but uh-huh. I wasn't getting beat up. But well, I mean, sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, I wasn't well, getting bullied most. But I got bullied a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, but you know, just wanted that attention. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden somebody's giving you attention because you yeah. play the guitar and you sing a song, and yeah. you're like, wow, I like this. So. You want more of it, and somebody tells you, you know what? I can have the whole world listen to this. And you're like, yes, and you'll. Where do you, I sign? And you're right, and, and then you, you, you. I remember when I signed with Ken, uh, which was my first manager. He, uh, I, I knew something was wrong, but I, I let it go. I, it was my heart telling me, don't do it, but I wanted it so badly that I, that I. Didn't listen. Yeah, you went against your instincts. And nowadays, that's when what age helps is oh, yeah. that you, yeah. you you listen to that yeah. <laughs> quite a bit. You're like, no thanks. Yeah, you're like, wait, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold back on this. I'll be patient, and if it's if it's meant to be, then it'll manifest the way it's supposed to be. And, and I think it's but, also yeah. being satisfied with mm-hmm. your life, your present life. True. If you you have to re- say, you know, things are good. You know, yeah. I don't need that, and that, we don't even know what that is. Yeah, you know, it doesn't so really. True, exist. man, that is so wise. And as I'm getting, you know, more comfortable with myself and finding that self-love and just gratitude prayers every morning um just not for me but for for friends as well sure. it just it kind of has shifted my whole energy yeah. and then it allows for those things to, to happen or with the podcast uh it's just you reach you heard the jason episode you reached out yeah and then through throwing something else out somebody else reached out recently about something else it's like oh i've been thinking about them for the podcast so i'm sure. just kind of letting those things just just happen well and those po- you know when you're cool. getting the pot- positive reinforcement hey mm-hmm. thanks for doing that yeah. thanks for putting that podcast out and it's you know that 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 energy allows you to to do another one mm-hmm. you know and you do need that positive re- we're, we're like uh, we're like teachers you know we it i feel like a teacher sometimes like where you know you you we are not it's not the entire class that's going to love you in fact it's 95% of the class is going to hate you but it's always so that true. student that comes up to you and says thank you so much Absolutely. and that's what makes you go and do the next class yeah know? yeah when i was teaching college I, and i was i was pushing these students hard but but i was you know i was willing to make adjustments or you know i was kind of taking the temperature as we went but i always had one student in each each quarter that i taught that said you know this was this was challenging I didn't know if I was going to get through it, but I am going to be, I can achieve anything now after getting through this. You know, one gal was going through medical, or she was getting ready to go to nursing school. And she said, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to nursing school. And I know after this experience, it's, it's not going to be, you know, I can handle it. Yeah. And it was like, wow. It's so satisfying. Wow. Yeah. But also part of me, it, it was, is pain. I don't want to see them go through all that pain, but I know how tough the world is. So it's almost like, okay, you need a class that's going to challenge you because some of these other ones haven't. Yeah. It's a it's a necessary e- evil, yeah. I guess, or 
It's kind of bittersweet, yeah. but yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to see you guys in this much pain, but it's, it's, you know, graduate that's, school is part of life. Yeah, so that's cool. So we're twentieth um, anniversary of Step Into My Place. Yes, and that was the album. So I saw you yeah, the first time I, I met you was at Webster University. So my, my senior year, that was uh, 1999. Mm-hmm. And you guys played in, uh, I don't know, it was some the, the pop, fi- pop The Firehouse? Was well, it the- Firehouse was stepping to okay. my place. So I saw you at Webster, and I was blown away. Okay. Because I hadn't really, you know, I loved music, but hadn't gone to that many concerts. Okay. Because my parents just weren't concert goers. And, sure. you know, none of my older cousins took me, really. So it was, you know, that was like my real experience. It was like, whoa, who are these guys? Javier Mendoza. I was blown away. You were playing a lot of the material from Step Into My Place. Yeah. And then Firehouse, you had the CD release. Sure. And again, I mean, that was on such, I love that venue. Yeah. So bigger scale, lighting was great, sound was great. And I was, whoa, yeah, Javier Mendoza. That's, it, these guys are amazing. And uh, picked up that album. I've listened to it so many times over the years. Sure. And then we became friends and, you know, I'm a lifelong fan. But how did, uh, we, at that point, you, you had the Javier Mendoza band is, right. is how you labeled yourself. Yeah. Uh, Talk about that experience. Well, you know, I just come out of the first album that was not uh, Javier Mendoza band. It was just, you know, self-titled Javier Mendoza. I had a single called On Top of the World that got on the radio. Love it. it. And so, but that was right at the time when um, I ended bitterly with my, my manager. So we were in the middle of a of uh you know litigation and it was really it was bad and so uh as that as that was going on um during the the whole first the the process of the first album which actually uh that's how i met jason um and jason would tell you the same thing we were we were handcuffed to to the to the manager and producer so we would sometimes he would not show up, and Jason and I would mix the mix the song and go, man, this actually sounds great. Cool. And then he would come in and just change it up, and oh, we would just no. look at each other, going, oh, it's and it sounds so. We he I remember <laughs> I still remember times when I would ask him, hey, can I play the electric on this? And he would look at me and say, well, I've sold three million albums. How many have you sold? <laughs> Things like that. So it was like, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty bad. So, oh man, you know, I was just paying pretty much a pawn yeah. in his in his scheme or his you know world domination scheme. <laughs> and so when that ended, when that ended, to me forming and that's kind of what through, through that I formed the band, you know, through that album. But I was writing new new material, yeah, which was the material that was going to end up eventually on the. My first Javier Mendoza band album, which was Step Into My Place, the one you're talking about. So what happened was I started, we, we were in the middle of ending, so obviously he was not involved in this. And this was my first attempt in really putting all my ideas. And and so that's why it meant so much to me. It was my mm-hmm. first uh, job at pr- production or co-production, because yeah, I mean, yeah. Jason definitely had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. And also Daryl McClanahan. Yeah, uh, Daryl yeah, McClanahan yeah. actually mixed... Uh, uh, part of the album and Jason mixed the other part. So um, I learned a lot from Daryl and, and a lot from Jason in, in how to how to you know produce songs and and in fact I listened to that album and I'm like, well wow, some so many things I would do differently. But it it really holds a, a special place in my heart mm-hmm. because of, of what it did. It was kind of a liberation from from that manager and from the, the being chained to that 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 lack of expression. So um, that's why that that album meant so much to me, and uh, and I think it had great songs, and uh, and to this day I think some songs really still hold 
you know, hold up to the to the times. Uh, maybe not the whole album, but but definitely certain songs. And and some of my favorite songs are still on that album. What are some of your? I'll give you my favorite songs <laughs> later, but I want to hear some of your favorite songs. Well, my favorite song, and I still to this day, it's it's probably my favorite song I've ever written. It's up there. Not maybe my, uh-huh. but in, in my top it's hard 20. you've written so many. In my top 20, but it's Step Into My Place. Oh, yeah, so good. And, and I still think, I, I still remember, uh, I remember when we were mixing that, and that was Jason mixing that, and we were, I'll never forget it, because we were, it was not, it was late at night, and Jason was like, you know, he was like, we were like trying to mix it, and, and it just was not, I don't know, something wasn't popping or something. So we went, and we kind of went to this, went to a corner somewhere, and we smoked up a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and we went back in, and uh, and it just he started changing things around, yeah. and then we went to this to the car, uh-huh. and it was like awesome. And so you listened to it in the car. We did. We listened. And to that's it. a way that I listen to a lot of music. I still love CDs for that purpose. He would have. He had like a. Ra- he had these radio speakers. He still has yeah. them in in the studio. But we. He had. You know. We had really nice speakers, uh-huh. and we listened to that. But then he was like, "Man, we got to listen to this in the car." So we went to the car, Hell and it yeah. was great. And so, <laughs> to me, that's like my, I love the mix and that uh-huh. and that song. It's my favorite mix. It's just the song I co-wrote it with uh, my friend Colleen. She wrote this poem. Not titled, and the uh, and the uh, she had uh, she had lost her mom and her little brother in a car accident oh. when she was nine, and uh, got hit by a drunk driver. Oh man! Day before Christmas. Oh, so it was like, and That's so brutal. she wrote this poem mm-hmm. um, about, and it was basically about the tragedy and about how she dealt with it, and and I just loved the poem, and I asked her if I could adapt it to a song, and so. Um, it's not exactly the poem, but it's, you know, an adaptation Inspired of it. By, yeah. yeah. Well, and more than that, I mean, it's, yeah. it's close to the poem. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's just, it's pretty much her lyrics. I just kind of had a little bit of, uh, you know, some, uh, um, creative, creative input in yeah, how to change yeah. it so it would fit the actual melody and song. Sure. So, um, yeah, that's my favorite song. And then yeah. Waiting. I love this. Waiting is waiting, like one of my there. all-time favorites. But back to, real quick, <clears throat> sure. I, I love the um, Superman scraped the bottom and left without a fight. That's a, yeah. that's a great lyric. Right. Uh, and uh, um, Step into my place. Right. I mean, it, it, she's talking about, about um, being the fact that, you know, she, she is so vulnerable to... Mm-hmm. To what happened? I mean, the the yeah. the, the the jagged little bugs uh-huh. that light up. The, that's actually that was all. Yeah. The, that's the glass shattering oh, from the car. Oh wow! And that's what she remembers seeing in the sky. So oh, and she was she was in she the was, car. Oh, oh, she was in the so car. She, she survived. survived. She and her father survived. Okay, oh, so that's, that's always tough. It was, and so, um, but it was just such a beautiful song, mm-hmm. and it depicted so much of her her experience and mm-hmm. what she was dealing with um and her you know how she was trying mm-hmm. to find faith and and her doubts and so forth yeah so anyways that that mm-hmm. song definitely um and it's great it's melodies just, and oh, well, yeah, yeah. And, just, and, and the guitar work in it mm-hmm. i got me i loved what i did at that point it's the it's a special tuning to it which i had discovered from that that in fact in that album i used the tuning on waiting and on that song okay and i've used it since i love it it's a uh, it's um it's actually it's a drop C it's a Jimmy Page tuning and I love it and so um those two songs are really special and then Will You Be Mine so those are I mean La Sangre I, maybe it's because I'm tired of it sure I yeah. mean I'm not tired of it but I mean I've been playing it I feel like it's uh-huh. still in every album uh, La Sangre but mm-hmm. there are a lot of cool songs in it yeah La Sangre is a great song Waiting like I said one of my right. all time favorites so if there was a 
a best of Javier Mendoza. Right. That would be that'd be on the top of that list. Right. Um, and it's again such a spiritual song. The uh, the adding the Spanish to it is a great touch. Uh, yeah, tell me, talk a little bit about that since we're doing this retrospective. It's sure. kind of like the. Well, 20th anniversary retrospective segment here. Well, I mean, Waiting was definitely, uh, it was a song about faith. and uh, But it was also a song about uh, the fact that I was I was waiting, you know, uh, to, to get signed. I was waiting uh-huh. for the success. I was waiting for something big to happen yeah, to me. Yeah. So th- that was a big thing for me. I, I felt like it was never going to happen. And, and little did I know that I was just getting started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, yeah, it, it was just all the things that were happening that that were, you know, that were about to happen and then weren't, mm-hmm. and so many opportunities that just kept, you know, slipping through my fingers, and and so that song was about that. It was about saying, you know, I'm I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that greatness, but I'm I'm waiting, you know, I'm waiting also for 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 tragedy to happen mm-hmm. because it's, it seemed like it started to happen where I was like all these great things and then no the, yeah. and so I felt like that was it like waiting for the sun waiting yeah. for the rain waiting for you know waiting uh, for yeah. I was just waiting yeah. waiting for something yeah. either good or bad to happen sure and and so basically my call to God saying you know hey I'm here yeah. I'm standing strong are you gonna help uh-huh. and and to be honest the reason I did it in Spanish was I was I went through the first. Oh, God. <laughs> there <laughs> this, it is. There it is. There's there. the imperfection. <laughs> That's all right. We'll embrace. Okay. Well, um, we can walk it if you want. But you want to walk it or we're good? Okay, we're good. Yeah. So, um, so then we had the. Uh, so when it was. So, uh, so trying to embrace the, you know, the, the uh-huh. faith and and that. And to be honest with you, when I was doing the lyrics, to I couldn't come up with another line. So it was funny because I was like, <laughs> as I was doing that, I'm like. What if I just wrote the same verse, the first verse, but in Spanish? And I just kind of did it, and I loved it. That's cool. And so, really, it was just kind of an accident. Uh, yeah. So, and then I decided, well, what if we did the chorus as well mm-hmm. in uh, in Spanish? And it fit perfectly. So it was kind of a, a really it was an accident based on my lack of creativity. <laughs> Sometimes, and those happy accidents are, right. are some of the coolest things, and they, they stand the test of time. Sure, so, and, it, and it was a realization that people yeah. loved it, that uh-huh. people liked that bilingual, yeah. and so I've done it since a couple of times, but I don't like forcing it, so it I've tried it many times, but it, it not all the time. It, I mean, waiting was a, a kind of one of those uh, serendipitous moments. Very you know? cool, very cool, and then opening into that is Tribute, which right. is a, just a beautiful musical piece that uh, you've let me use a few times on some videos. Sure. And, and it I, just, in fact, it was used on the Real World and MTV. Ah, that was that was right. our biggest, uh, our our first, uh, you know, encounter with television. So tribute was tribute. Okay. It wasn't waiting. waiting. It never gets to waiting. It's like yeah, the yeah. song starts when, then right yeah, when yeah. the thing. Then it was it was it was a. It was called The Real World on MTV. It was a reality show. Yeah. I think it was the one of the first reality yeah, yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. A buddy of mine, he was he loved it, and he uh, and and he worked as a sound guy for a number of seasons. Right. So when that that it was the beginning of the Chicago yeah, one, yeah. and so so it was tribute, and uh, and um, and that the reason it's called tribute is because I basically. At the time, one of my biggest influences was U2. Oh, and so yeah, I yeah. wanted to do a, a little tribute to U2. And so if you listen to it, I mean, it's very U2, okay. U2 oriented. Very cool. It's, it's fun to hear, you know, and I like personally, I want to I make my own interpretation. 
of songs, but I figure after 20 years, it's, it's good to hear, <laughs> right. you know, what fits or you hear your interpretation and get a sure. little story behind it. But I'm one to, you know, I don't want to know this when I first hear something. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know what it's all about. I want to, I want to experience it. And like when I'm thinking of a, of a music video per se, sure. you know, I want to see what ideas I get. Then when I talk to the artists, see what they're doing or right. here, here's my treatment and if it if it gels, great. If not, then you hear the artist's interpretation and you figure out, you know, I think it's more pure that way. Right. And it's less forced. And often the song it works as a script. Yeah. So, you know, the song is going to dictate a lot of times the images. Absolutely. And yeah. then to me, that's a beautiful thing. So that's, yeah, that's what I love about it, that process. It's almost like when you go see a painting, you know. Yeah. You, you can read everything. With, there was a great interview they made with, uh, I can't remember, was it Charlie Rose or it was somebody, but mm-hmm. somebody... Very uh, uh, well well known and mm-hmm. and well respected, and was interviewing Bob Dylan. And I can't remember the song, uh-huh. but he basically dissected a song of Bob Dylan. Okay, in front of Bob Dylan, right. saying, you know, but the whole thing was uh-huh. within a question. So, isn't this song about blah? And he just kind of goes okay. on, goes on. And Bob Dylan says, and listens to him, goes. Sure, that sounds good. <laughs> Basically, he was yeah. like, I don't know if that's the song, what yeah. the song, you know. And sometimes there's so many, there's so many songs that are abstract to me, and sure. I, they're revealed. The meaning yeah. is revealed through people. Yeah, you know, uh, they they're obviously they're, there's meaning to it, but mm-hmm. sometimes in a, it's an abstract feeling. Yeah, oh yeah, but but it means something specific to somebody. Uh-huh. And I love hearing that. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree with you. I don't I don't want to know what yeah. the interpretation of that artist is yet. Yeah. At the at some point maybe. But. Yeah. In my own work, it, it's sometimes those discoveries come later, and it's just like, oh, that's why I did that. Sure. I just I didn't know why, but the, the feeling was there, but uh, I couldn't necessarily tell somebody why. But then it that evolves, and I realize, oh, this is I did this because of this, this, and this, and then. But it's all coming from the subconscious, sure. and then later my consciousness catches up, and I can justify. If we and, I, and to be honest with you, if I had listened to some of that, some of those messages in those songs, I probably could have avoided a lot of future problems <laughs> because I think they were really revealing things sure. that I was not listening to. Yeah, but yeah. That I thought they were. Oh, this is a song about a friend of mine, maybe. Yeah, and it was about me. Oh, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, you know? it usually is, or we pr- sometimes project our own things, or there's yeah, that's life. That's yeah. what I think what keeps it interesting and For those sure. types of stories. So tribute was that something that that you wrote? Was it something you collaborated? No, How did that... I wrote it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it was just uh, uh, in fact, there's a happy accident in it, in it because I love the way it. But I asked the keyboard player to start it and in, uh, in, in to so when the. So he had to do the pattern, but I mm-hmm. think he lost the click track on it, and so he he played a minor chord, and so I start the little riff of the guitar uh-huh. right on the minor minor chord, which was wrong. It was supposed to start in the major chord, but I loved it. I'm like, oh, I'll keep it, keep mm-hmm. it. So it's a little bit. I mean, it's it's more of a motif. I don't know if really it's a it really was a composition. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's I mean there is thought process, but it was a little bit kind of a, sure. a, a happy accident. Regardless, powerful, and, yeah. and I enjoy it. So, yeah, that's something that has always stuck with me. And then Take It, that's another fun song that I yeah. enjoy listening back to it. Um, I love the bridge on that song. There's mm-hmm. there's so many songs that, I, that I'm that i like, man, I would love to rewrite mm-hmm. because I love love parts of them. But, yeah. uh, but you know, there's... Those are your. That, that was. This was my sophomore attempt. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, um, but yeah, that that that's a song that definitely meant a lot to me at the time. It was about two friends, uh, um, and what their, what they were doing, how it impacted. In fact, I was living with them during my, 
my separation from my first wife. So I was just learning a lot from them, and so that song kind of sparked from that. Oh, very cool, very cool. What What are some other ones on there that um, um, that that you enjoy? That that oh, uh, love, love is in the way is a, yeah. is a big song, and yeah. that that was about my uh, my my first wife, and uh, you know we were just uh, we were really young when we got married, and it was one of those things that we really loved each other, but. Uh, we we weren't we were not supposed to be together and how it's like for us to even have a chance at anything we needed to let go so basically that's where love is in the way you know love people thought it was love is on the way but it was not love is in the way like basically love is is what's uh, is is stopping us from being able to to have a, a healthy relationship interesting so yeah that's deep it was, and it, yeah, I mean, the lyrics really deep. still, when yeah. I listen to them, they, they really resonate mm-hmm. a lot in my life. It's definitely, you know, a statement in, in, in my my path of life. Very cool. And I like some of the Spanish songs we talked about, La Sangre. Yeah, La Sangre was just, uh, uh, I love the riff. Mm-hmm. I had a riff. Absolutely. And uh, David Carnes was, at the time, the receptionist at the studio. Okay. Crazy bass player. I knew not. I didn't know that about him. He was so good, but he's over there, you know, taking phone calls wow. uh, Jason McIntyre's his boss basically <laughs> <laughs> that's and, cool because I've been waiting I want to talk to David on the oh, podcast yeah, as well so that's a nice little trivia fact so he uh, so he would like listen to me doing my demos in the uh-huh. studio and you know once in a while he'd have his bass on him and he started you know he had this oh, wow. killer you know, bass riff on the, and he comes up to me and goes, "Hey man, listen to this." And he would yeah. come in, and I'm like, "Let's record it." And had you, did you know him at that time? As we, a, we, knew each you, other, we knew each other. Um, well, at that time, he was already in the band. So, oh, okay. He yeah, was in I the mean, band. but okay. it, you know, he actually ended up getting the gig because on my first record, uh, it's Frankie Benali who just recently passed away from wow. Quite Right. Yeah, He's the drummer, yeah. and, the, and then uh-huh. uh, Steve Bailey who. Uh, is you know world renowned bass player uh-huh. who has actually uh, done uh, some many bass clinics uh, with uh, Victor Wooten. Mm-hmm. So those were my oh. that was my rhythm section of my Holy first album cow. because my manager knew him and yeah, so yeah yeah. So when Frankie Benali, I mean when uh, Steve Bailey was the bass player, it was a six string bass, and so he had some like crazy. So David during the as he as he was a receptionist, he was like a fly on the wall listening to everything that was happening mm-hmm. and he pretty much learned the whole album on a four string uh and you know i was trying to form a band and, and this was this was tinta y papel or was this it, was um, during tinta y papel you know yeah. and i had a uh, i had a, a bass player ted may who was uh he passed away uh-huh. and he was more of a i mean he was just like a, a rocker you know he was like a 80s rock kind of uh-huh. guy and and so David, you know, like he kind of wanted to be in the band. The album was coming up. He learned everything. And so I let go of Ted, brought in David. And so David was so at the time then when we he was already we were already friends and um, and he was already pretty established in the band. He was like my right hand man. Yeah, you know, he yeah. really helped me like find a drummer. The mm-hmm. right, you know, he helped me really put a good band together. Cool. And so but he was still a receptionist and so he would pop up and he I remember him coming up with the bass line for Step Into My Place as well he would sing him along and then, so anyways with La Sangre it was basically riff and it was just it was grooving and we wanted to do this like kind of pseudo flamenco mm-hmm. rock song and and then the song's really a story I made up about a guy being on a ledge and he's just realized that there's no hope 
and his best friend is next to him trying to have this conversation. Man, as long as you have blood running through your veins, there's hope. And so that's what la sangre mm -hmm. is. Uh, mientras la sangre corra por tu cuerpo, while the blood's still running through your veins, there's there's hope. And so that and it's it was always a comical thing because everybody loved to get up and dance. And you yeah, yeah. know, I'm singing about this guy about to jump off the ledge, and you have people going. Brrr. Ah, you know, <laughs> caramba, merengue. You know, and yeah. I'm like, this is funny to me. But uh, yeah, and I knew, and I was, I couldn't remember if it was that song or uh, Rococo that uh, was kind of because they're they're all like lively songs. Right. People are dancing, but some of the messages, because of course, you know, I'm I don't speak Spanish right, and right. I haven't need to learn. But uh, yeah, so it was it, one of those things. It was funny because I, I one of my questions I have for you because my nephew's in Spanish class, and his Spanish sure. teacher's really cool, and I don't know if she knows your work, and she'll start the class, as he's worked at my house a few times, where she'll play some music, and she'll be dancing, and then I'll walk by, and she she knows now that he works at his uncle's house, and she'll be like, hey, uncle, and so I'll start dancing in front of the camera, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to share some Javier songs, but I don't <laughs> want to awesome. send something that is like... <laughs> That is like upbeat and danceable, but then the message is right. something that maybe is like, I mean, that's the hope is great, but right. I don't want to, hey, hey, listen to this. Right. Uh, you know, si, Senora Nueves, listen to this. And right. she's like, well, what's this guy's uncle giving me? But you know, uh, what, what, what but a then again, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's on me because if I'm, if I'm got this message, man, that song has some, <laughs> that's yeah. got a rhythm, you know, it makes you want to, yeah. then it's, <clears throat> it's totally open uh -huh. for people to, you know, and, and as I always say, I always say, yeah, take it that the guy doesn't jump at the end, so yeah. we're actually celebrating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Celebrating the life. Yeah, no, it's right. a great message, and you have to look at the big right. picture and, you know, and really embrace the whole story. Sure. So that's sure. cool. Yeah, I love that song. Um, I mean, just so many great songs. Used to the Silence, that's another good one. That That's one of those, uh, I, I, always, I would, would have liked to have left that out of the album. Uh -huh. It just fits. I don't, I don't think it fits yeah. because, I mean, the message is cool and all that, but it's kind of like... I don't know, it was like I was really into the uh, second album, Foo Fighters, and I was trying to, and I was not there yet. I, I, was, sure. not in, I was not ready to put out a, a Foo Fighters, because yeah. it does, it's like in the middle. It's in between uh -huh. a Foo Fighters and a Blink-182 something, or, <laughs> and, a, and a Boys to Men song. I don't know, it's just, it. it's just not, yeah. but, um, but you know, at the time when, when CDs were coming out, when we were doing CDs, mm -hmm. well, not, they weren't coming out, but they, that was yeah. the established uh, medium. You were trying to put as many songs as you could fit in, mm -hmm. into yeah. that. And so we, we just, that was a song I had, so I, I put it mm -hmm. in there. Yeah, I like the chorus on You Changed Everything. Yeah. That has a good melody. There. Uh, and that's actually, I co-wrote that with uh, David Carnes. Okay. Yeah, Very that cool. Was our first, that was our first co-write right. ever. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, just a, just a great album. Stands up. Stands the test of time. Yeah. And you know, it was great to revisit it. And um, anything else you want to say about this one? Well, I mean... No, I mean, just uh, it was a. It's definitely it was very uh, autobiographical during the time of what I was doing and what I was. I think at the time I was trying not to. I mean, I'm always been a pop writer, but I was really trying not to write uh, in thinking about what 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 would a record label like mm -hmm. or. So it was just you know from the heart. I was angry uh, about you know what was going on. I really wanted to put out something really honest mm -hmm. and and I wanted to do something a lot more in English I don't know why at the time I've always you know being a, a Spaniard living in Spain I didn't really want to sing in Spanish ever uh, it was somebody when I came mm -hmm. here that told me man you gotta sing in Spanish <laughs> I mean you're in, and so I started embracing that more but you know the artists that I was listening to when I was growing up uh, I mean I was listening to I mean Pink Floyd was a big favorite I was huge in the British British rock um 
and my brother was seven year, almost seven years older than I am. He got me into you know a lot of the older older artists. Uh, um, he was into folk and then rock and so mm-hmm. forth. So I was you know listened to a lot of James Taylor and. Um, but then, you know, really got into British rock. I was a huge Iron Maiden fan. So I was like big in the Iron Maiden, <laughs> yeah, big into Judas yeah. Priest, uh, ACDC. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, once Radiohead c- came about, I was big into that, that British rock. It's kind of experimental mm-hmm. and, and very dramatic. I love the drama. I love things, you know, that escalate into, you know, that kind of intensity. Sometimes I think it, it's because I didn't understand what they were saying because mm-hmm. I really grew up not really knowing English mm-hmm. that well, yeah, and uh, in Spain, and so for me, it's the intensity of the songs. It's, there's some songs that I don't even know what they're saying, and they give me ch- chills. And, and it's not about the lyrics; it's just about the sensation, about the chord changes, yeah, the about vibe, the, the, the vibe, the way yeah, the, the voice, energy. the energy. And and to this day, that it still happens to uh-huh. me. Yeah. I mean, I discovered there are songs that have been around for you know in my life for 40, 50 years, and now I go. Oh, that's what that says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now yeah. you know. So uh, yeah. uh, it's interesting that I feel that way, but I put so much thought into my lyrics. Yeah, so, but, yeah. You know, they're like, man, that's uh, one of my favorites. It's so uplifting. And you're like, that's about a guy with a heroin <laughs> yeah. needle sticking out of his arm. You're like, oh, <laughs> right. okay. Well, okay. Hey, it feels good to me. <laughs> right. You know, if I, I'll get that euphoria without the heroin. Exactly. Nice. Good. Exactly. You know, it's like some of the Beatles songs are like that. You're like, sure. oh, that's what that meant. Happiness right. is a warm gun. Oh, right. right. Oh, okay. Sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah, the Beatles is a great example of a, of a band that I've now because my son's really into them uh-huh. both of them actually the four-year-old like loves the Beatles yeah um he loves come to four-year-old loves come together and he's like saying what does this song mean I'm like I have no idea <laughs> 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 fantastic yeah it's, it's it's interesting with the with the Spanish and the English we won't get too deep into this yet you know we may save this for a you know future episode but I, I love what you did with two and you Right. And just, you know, had the had this same songs and you did a Spanish version and an English version. That sure. was super cool. And that was a really cool um uh project because I did it with my cousin. Um that was something that I felt I want I needed help because I was really close to the English songs and close to the Spanish songs. So I wrote the album in English and Spanish mm-hmm. like whatever um whatever came. So this the actual original album <clears throat> had about five songs in English and four songs or five songs in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to do this whole album all in English. So for all the Spanish songs, I did all the English translations. But for the English songs, I really felt I wanted uh, somebody else to really help me uh, think of a, a, a the concept of the song and then rewrite the words. And so my cousin Rafa um, Cañas in Spain, he, uh, he helped me mm-hmm. translate or... Lit, literary, liter do a literary translation of the uh, of the album. It was great. Um, I remember when that came out. I think a year later, Enrique Iglesias did the same thing, and everybody just was like, "Enrique Iglesias yeah. put out two albums. One, in, it was like a big thing." Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I did that two years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But you know, you're ahead of the curve, my friend. <laughs> I try. <You're> pioneer. <laughs> now, one of the things you've played with some amazing musicians over the years. And I think a lot of it, life with friendships and everything else, it's a, like we have these these periods in life where we may hang out with somebody for, 
you know, two years straight and you don't see them for a while and then sure. you reconnect. And, uh, I mean, you and I are kind of like that. Some other friends, it's, it's just like chapters. Sure. Um, so it's cool. Like over the years, you've had these different, uh, chapters. You played with different musicians and you may have a few years you play with other people and then you come back. Yep. I mean, David is, is one example of that. Yep. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's part of the inner, one of the interesting things of life when we're at at a period, just, uh, all these people that are, are part of it. And I just wanted to touch upon some of those guys sure. just, uh, cause I think they're, you know, an important part of that journey and, and we have so many mutual friends. Um, let's, let's talk about Jim Peters. I know at one point we talk about folk, you did the reserve project, sure, which is different than a lot of things you've done and really cool. Just talk yeah. about what Jim has, you know, his influences, you know, just, uh, that experience with him. He's just such a great dude and just such an amazing musician. Um, well, Jim and I have a very, uh, very dynamic relationship, especially history. I should say a dynamic history. Uh, and he's like a brother to me, and he uh, he's definitely like a, a, a musical soulmate. And he really is nice. because uh, when we, we, we met through uh, um, our a mutual friend, Dan Friedman, who was representing him, at, when he was in a band called Seven Days hmm. in Colombia, and they were doing really, they were a jam band that mm-hmm. was doing really well. They were about to get signed. And... Um, and then they got all their equipment stolen. Oh. And uh, I don't know what happened. There was already mm-hmm. something going on, whatever. Sure. But he ended up That's moving. That's a straw that broke the camel's yeah, back. Yeah, he, he was uh, 21, and he moved back to St. Louis, and he was in living temporarily in his mom's in his mom's basement. And so Dan goes, hey, man, I know. I was looking for a guitar yeah, player because yeah. I had just moved. Um, this is when I had moved. Basically, I was done with music. After stepping in my place, uh, the band had broken up. I was getting sued. Uh, I was uh, oh, I had no. no money to my name. I was about. I to didn't get know di- that story. Yeah, I was time. about to get yeah. divorced. Um, oh, and man. David Carnes and I we were about to open up with the whole band for Acoustic Hookah. It was a pretty well known jam band out of Columbus, okay. Ohio, and All we were right. about to play Newport, which is where like you two had played. And uh, it was a big thing. Yeah. And then we show up, and it was just David and me. And the guys go. Uh, dude, uh, we hired the whole band. I'm like, there's no band. It's just David and myself. <laughs> but we rocked it out, and sure. uh, so that was a that was it. That was after that. I told David, I gotta move. I, I have only three hundred dollars to my name. I already had a ticket to Spain because I had it. Yeah. From, so I moved, and so when I was in Spain, I was done, and that's I was writing the song Beautiful. So simultaneously, well. yeah. David calls me up, say, Hey, man, I found a drummer. And you gotta come back. Come back. Let's start <laughs> let's start this over. Okay. So we did. So I came back. And that was Moises? That was Moises. Okay. So I had we were the trio. Yeah. So David, I mean Dan Friedman goes, Man, I got a guitar player for you. So I go to uh-huh. to the basement and I go to this guy's out there, don't even know. Mom's opens the door and Jim Peters is downstairs in the basement. <laughs> and we meet and we just both grab two acoustic guitars. And it was like love at first sight. It uh-huh. really was. Musically, it was just we both were like uh, there's something, and we just connected. I don't know, it was real incredible. Yeah. So when that happened, we just uh, we decided we were going to audition. I mean, even though in my heart, I'm like, this is this the guy. Is, yeah, yeah. But we had <clears throat> this other guy who was, sounded just like, a, it was just like the police. I mean, he was like, it was just, uh, but he, he was good. So he, and uh, Jim Peters was waiting, just right there. He was he was watching. He was like in the, we were in this loft in yeah, downtown. Yeah, that's where we shot that, right. vi- that, uh, so he's that in the documentary cou- video. He's yeah. in the couch just waiting. Okay. He's listening to this other guy. Yeah. And we get Jim, and Jim just, you know, and we kind of finished, and uh, he leaves after 20 minutes, and we're going to talk about this real quick. And Moises 
flat out goes. I mean, he's new. He goes, dude, you got to get Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and David was, you know, it's a little bit more reserved, but he's like, yeah, I think, Jim, you know, so we, <clears throat> so, and I already knew, I was like, yeah, I want to work with Jim because we were really connected. Mm-hmm. So Jim and I just, we, we just really connected and then we did the video and um, he was still new to the band and so forth. So things were really going well. Well, six months into it, um, I decided to have a band meeting because um, even though it was still Javier Mendoza band, it was kind of a, like J- Jim says, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a dictatorship. Uh, I was really open to input, but I still sure. was like, it's, it's still it's my, name. It's my yeah. band. It's yeah, my band. Definitely. So, but I wanted to have a meeting to have an sure. input. And so we start talking yeah. about it. And Jim's comment was, yeah, man, I think we need to change the name of the band. I think I don't think you would mind me telling you this story because it's just he goes, yeah, I think your name's pretty much done, (laughs) and there's something like it. Fast forward, you're like, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but you know, he's he kind of like that, and it really, I'm like, you know, we kind of didn't hit it off, and so you know, I'm like, I don't think this is gonna work. So he, he, you know, it's always this is a gray area. He says he quit. I say I fired him. So we left it at that. But to this day, I still remember we both has still had a pending show, right? Uh-huh. And and he, we it was an acoustic show where it was uh-huh. only going to be him and myself okay. in Chicago, and we drove separately. Wow! <laughs> and we played the show. We yeah. rocked it out, and then we got in the cars and we drove back to from uh-huh. Chicago separately. And uh, and so Jim left the band. He played with um, uh, uh, some really cool soul funk band, and and we did then live at Blueberry Hill, and we yeah, did it which without, is amazing. right. And we did it without him. We did it with uh, Steve Scott on guitar, okay. and um, uh, actually Moises was also kind of left. Like okay. he was like he, he he just didn't like the fact that uh, that happened. And yeah, he didn't sure, like conflict, sure. so he left. So I did that album, that Live at Blueberry Hill, and then I had some new songs. So I said to David, let's call Moisets, let's do this, um, which was Matter of Matter Time. Matter of Time, yeah. So during Matter of Time, we were we were recording it, just it was going to be a trio. So then I go, man, I just, I hear guitar. I hear uh-huh. another guitar. Yeah, yeah. And so one day, I, I go ahead and, you know, call Jim. And I'm like, hey, Jim, man, can we talk? And he was playing a show in uh, some place in U City mm-hmm. and we were we all four of us got together and said hey I know I'm not asking you to be in the band and I know you're you know but will you come into the studio and do a song I just want, I need a guitar in this song it's like cool man it's like cool and we were good we yeah, were like that's great. I had actually gone and seen him with his other projects mm-hmm. so I think he liked that that we were connecting and sure. I we were and, friends and sometimes with working like you said your relationship right. you know with uh, there's that love there sure um, but but you're like, okay, sometimes maybe some people shouldn't and, work together. And, and we were like, and he has really strong. I mean, he had come yeah. from being the leader of his band. Sure. So it was like, that's a, tough. So we, we were, tough. so basically he was, uh, um, so he, he, uh, we hadn't known each other that long either. So anyways, he, he, he comes to the studio and he lays guitar in one song. Mm-hmm. And then I go, hey Jim, do you mind laying down <laughs> one more song? I guess, no man. And it, there was this energy. We, oh, bo- yeah. we were like, yeah. it, it was just like, a, like a, everything was forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he laid, ended up laying down guitar to all 11 songs. Yes. And the band was back. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that, that, <clears throat> the uh, premiere of that was at Mississippi Nights. Sure. Yeah, I remember that show. That was so, a fun and show. There, and so we basically, yeah, became, uh, we just, the band was doing really well. We actually opened up for Los Lobos and we were doing, you know, things were happening. Yeah. But then um, it, things were not just, I just think uh, Jim really wanted to do his own thing. He, I really did. And uh, so we talked it out. We played in Chicago, and he wanted to start a band called The Right Animals. 
and Moises yeah, wanted to start yeah. that with him, and and I just felt things were not gelling. Mm-hmm. David wasn't. David's was like, man, we got to keep this going, you know. Yeah. He really wanted to. So, anyways, I kind of dismantled officially the band. David was pissed off, which I don't blame him. I mean, he was just angry because he put in a lot of time, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and and so he moved. Uh, he didn't move to Nashville, but he started with a different band, and he went his own way. And um, you know, I guess to interlaced into David Carnes, uh, which we he's definitely like my brother. And yeah, and um, D- D- Jim and I we've been st- still playing. We still, in fact, we're playing November first here in oh, in town. Yeah, and he's going to be playing with with the band, and and we're great friends, and yeah. we've played since. But it's just a matter of like how I think these things are the way they should be, especially mm-hmm. with Jim and I. He's just too much of a leader in his own and very mm-hmm. and with the reserve. Uh, I think it was a great connection because we, uh, with acoustic guitars, have a great compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, mo- I moved to Nashville. He was in St. Louis. Sure. It was hard to keep that. Yeah, up. yeah, um, And David, David Carnes, just to quickly fin it. So David Carnes mm-hmm. had moved on and did, and he become he became really what he should have been. This mm-hmm. great touring artist with great people. I yeah. always felt that. Yeah. I'm like, man, why you should go on do other things you know and he really was loyal to the band and yeah, he's and a very loyal guy and so, really sometimes uh, with his you know we won't name names but another experience he had when the band didn't work out which was i think the catalyst for him moving to nashville sure and it was sometimes we need that yeah and that was i mean he's just killing it in nashville sure. and then he's he has the you know he just released blind which he's, is he's a, becoming an art he's finally become an artist yeah. himself which is it's great so yeah. he and i are playing together again a lot i mean we yeah. we see each other we live really close to each other now like 20 minutes away from each other um and he we just so it's it's funny how we're we're about actually moises we we're so the bands in a way we're still all connected um it's funny how time works yeah and those are two two well all three musicians Mm -hmm. are musicians that as you started the question is that are really uh have influenced me but i've played with so many great Mm -hmm. great ones yeah as far as drums go uh dennis uh stringfield you've played uh, you know different periods a ton uh sun motel which we talked about he was the drummer in that which is one of my favorite projects of yours because it was just it was different enough. Yeah. You know, there was some of that same flavor that I've always loved in your, in your music, but there was a little bit of an edge. Yeah, and there was a persona. I had a persona yeah. in it. I mean, I wasn't me. I was, yeah, I was, absolutely. I, got, I was like, I don't even remember. We all had names. I was, oh, I was Tonto Kowalski in that. <laughs> and we had like, which is actually originated from Jason McIntyre, but we we had these names. We gave, gave ourselves a personality. I always wore sunglasses, the whole Sun Motel kind of. Mm-hmm. So, and I had these a little bit more, you know, uh, outfits that yeah, I, a little flair flair so you know it was, it was a fun project yeah but dennis, yeah, dennis another great player yep yeah but technically great um and joe meyer you've played with him a number of times yeah and he's one of my favorites i, I there's something about joe uh joe understands um just really understands songwriting mm-hmm. so uh, he is one of those guys he's one of he's the first drummer that understood uh that when i said you know when there was a when there was a latin song of mine I didn't, you know, a lot of people like were really always would go, oh man, that's that's a samba or that's a, uh-huh. and Joe would understand as like, yeah, it sounds like a rock song to me, <laughs> but in Spanish, you know, yeah. and he would just play it for that's whatever cool. the song was, yeah. and, and it's ex- it's exactly what I always wanted, nice. you know. So he understood he understood that, and I just I think he's just really easy to work with musically, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always really enjoyed Joe, but you know I've worked with also Grover Stewart. 
who's oh in, yeah, Grover's, about, Grover's yeah, yeah. incredible. Uh, Jason as well. I mean, Mike Johnson was one of my first drummers. I don't even know if he's drumming anymore, but he was great. Moises Padilla was incredible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Randy Beck, who now works for Diodario. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, we went to high school together. Yeah, well, yeah, he, and then, he was great. I think the, my I favorite. That he my favorite with thing yeah. with Randy Beck was that he's the only drummer I've ever known that would drive up in a Beamer. <laughs> with this drum, <laughs> with this drum set, <laughs> I was like, "Dude, this is so awesome!" <laughs> yeah, he did, um, and it I, wasn't an SUV, just by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he had oh, I forgot what his solo. He he did some duo that he was playing, and he hired me for a photo session. Okay, and it was so much fun working yeah. with him. I've always he's a good guy. I mean, I've known that guy a lot of years, and uh, need to reach out to him and say hello. But, he's, uh, a, he's, he's he's doing great. He's a good he's a real, and a really guru, good person. I really Definitely. like. So I've worked with many many great players. Yeah, and let's. Uh, I just I just had the podcast with uh, Eric Grossman. Oh, and I yeah. know you. Eric's mostly just played live with you, right? He hasn't been on any recordings. No, no, he's on. Uh, he's actually on uh, on my self titled Javier Mendoza album which okay. is the one oh, that yeah, has yeah. julianne yes. he's not on every track but he's on some oh, of the okay. tracks all right and then he plays on uh i think pretty much the entire album of you and oh, two okay so i think he's right. pretty much the, and then he plays on uh vida trabajo amor on a couple of songs he plays on if you dare on a oh, few songs yeah. so he's yeah he's an, okay he was uh, really relevant i mean in, in fact it was he was my uh he was kind of like my little famous man, you know. He's yeah, like yeah. I always had a. It's like he was my celebrity in the band. Yeah. And, uh, he is an incredible player, but you know he had he was very seasoned. Um, I mean, as well as David, but at that time David had left. He was the next my you know as close as I had to somebody like David in the sense mm-hmm. of how seasoned he was. I mean, he yeah. was at the time when he was playing with me. He was touring Europe. Yeah, for like thirty thousand, uh-huh. fifty thousand with yeah. Case Choice, and he um, and I loved the single for Case Choice when it came out in the nineties. Was that Attic song? And so I had a you know I mean I wouldn't say it was Star Trek, but there Star Trek, and but but I definitely there was this uh, a respect mm-hmm. uh, for his uh, just for his. Uh, for this, the, the 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 life that he had already yeah. led, or the experience like that he had, professionalism, sure, yeah. and he was very Top professional. Notch. And I mean, it's uh, it it was one of the funnest uh, touring times that I had because I would I was working with, um, I would tour with Joe, um, I was working with Joe, Eric, and and uh, Dave Aholt, oh, and yeah, Dave Aholt yeah. on keys, and. They are the three biggest smartasses I've ever known in my life. <laughs> Joe is like a stand-up comedian. The other night, and I haven't—I'm surprised that uh, over the years I've known Joe not well and haven't really hung out. But it was like after we recorded the podcast, he was just—I mean, he just has that comedic timing. Oh yeah, it's like I could see that well, guy on hey, stage. We He's hilarious. Be, well, He's so a lot of fun. We would be on a five-hour. You know, van <laughs> drive, and I was yeah. I was dealing. I felt I was going through. What do you, what do you call those shows where you you get a, you, they sit you on a chair and they, you get you get a, and they insult the living crap. Oh, out. a roast. A ro- I was getting <laughs> roasted. I was getting roasted at I every tour, it. and I was yeah. like, guys, don't you realize that I'm the one paying you guys? <laughs> <laughs> but it was so much fun, and uh, you know, we we ended up doing a tour, and Jay, Eric and I talk about that. We we toured in and uh, we went to Europe. And he was in the middle of a tour, and I had a I had a few shows in Greece, and then a couple shows in Spain, and uh, he tagged along with us. It was Grover Stewart, Dave Aholt. Uh, we brought in um, uh, what was the name Frischer, um, uh, uh, J- J- well, not like uh, 
Jim? No. <laughs> oh my God, I'm. I'm he was a, a young kid. Okay. It's gonna come. Oh yeah, the guitarist. Yes, and he was in oh. some motel for briefly. Yeah. I, oh, da, da, da. I don't know. Was why it I'm, John? John Frisher. John Frisher. Yeah, so, that's right. So, I'm sorry. I was like, no, really. That, so John Frisher, when he actually now plays in in Austin, and but he was a young kid, and we brought him along because he was gonna. He did it for free because okay. I couldn't pay anymore. Sure, so we're sure. gonna be a four piece. Oh, I the, mean, what, but what a learning experience sure. when you're a young so, guy and so to play the, with those musicians. Wow. And that was a great. I mean, I still have a. And the, Eric and I talk about that about that experience, and you know, it means a lot to me because he always says that was the greatest like tour experience I've ever had and he's toured with them but it was just there was something is, that, it was very means spe- a lot when somebody says right. that it was it just was a very caliber. special we had this it was just there was a, a, a friendship uh, a brotherhood in that mm-hmm. in that trip that um, I hold really close to me so yeah Eric um, Eric and I have uh, played in a lot and I really respect the way he plays too very differently than than David mm-hmm. uh, but really really seasoned and he's got his he knows exactly what he wants which I like. Cool, cool. Uh, hypothetical. I mean, you, you have such a catalog. And one thing we talked about when we were grabbing coffee was it's almost you released basically something every year. So maybe not a studio album, but it was started out with uh, Tinta y Papel. Sure. And uh, I'm probably not saying that no, as, as great as That's I could. Good. And then Step Into My Place. Sure. And then it was what, Live at Blueberry Hill or no, Beautiful? We, then? we did Rococo EP into oh, okay. into beautiful, but that was okay. pretty much on the same year. So okay, it was like, gotcha. uh, um, so yeah, it was uh, Tinta Papel. Then we did uh, beautiful, um, step into my place, beautiful. Then we did uh, live at Blueberry okay. Hill. Yeah, so that was released that year. That was two thousand and two. Du- that was a double, right? double, uh, doubles. Yeah. Uh, and then we did, um, we did matter uh, of time, matter of time, two thousand and three. 2004, I think I did. Or was it Matter of Time 2004? No, that was 2003. 2003, okay. And then 2004, I think, it, that, was, that was the kind of turmoil. We were ending the band, I don't oh, know. Okay. And so I released yeah. a, an album 2005 called A Solas, which means yes. Alone. Okay. It was my first, you know, solo record. Interesting, um, reflecting, you've always reflected your life into the solo. Sure. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, and, and those Had were, I know my Spanish, I would have understood that story well, better when, what's it, crazy, when it was happening. Half of that album were B-sides from my first oh. ever release. Okay. So then I released those. So there was kind of a mm-hmm. relation to that. It was, uh, there were almost like book bookends to yeah. it. And so, and then after that, um, I played, then after a Solas, we did, I did the Sun Motel project. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then after the Sun Motel project, I did the um, the Javier Mendoza self-titled yes. that has, that was actually one of my most successful albums. And that had Blood in the Water. That Blood in the Water, Julianne. Julianne uh, um, uh, oh, and so many other good songs. Had, uh, Always There, Had yeah. Night in Cusco. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And then... Um, then it was Two and You after that, And that right? was Two and You, yeah. which that was actually my first album that I, well, Javier Mendoza was already with Jacob. So I kind of okay, yeah. started working with Jacob and You and Two was actually... Uh, released by their record label, uh-huh. uh, Red Pill. Okay. And that was you and Tool. And then after that, that's when I, um, it was 2000, and that's when I did the reserve. Um, and the reserve, then I was in the middle of moving to uh, Nashville. Yeah. And so the reserve was the end of my last St. Louis kind of okay. thing. And then, um, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. I did um, If You Dare. Then oh, be that trabajo more. How did I forget if yeah. you dare? Because so I love that. I love. I did if you dare in two thousand and that track as well. Ten or eleven. Yeah. And then that's right. Be that trabajo more in two thousand and twelve. Then the reserve, and yeah. then I moved to St. Louis. I mean or to Nashville, Nashville yeah. and then I did Hobo Kane. 
and then this latest one that just came out in 2019. Yeah. And the artwork, that's another thing. Sure. And that's why I love having some physical media. You see it on a Spotify or whatnot, but uh, sure. it's just you've always had great artwork on your album. So that has, has helped with the identity of the album as well. Sure. So that's something I've always loved. Especially, I mean, uh, um, my Hobo, the Hobo Kane album was painted. It's a painting by, yeah. by Kababi Bayok, who's mm-hmm. a local artist who, um, you know, if, if you know the Rainbow Children album by Prince, that's uh that's Kababi Bayok. And he actually has just done, I think he's the one that has all those murals in the History Museum. Is that, there, there's, there's a, he's I'm done not, not sure. so many beautiful, amazing um, uh paintings mm-hmm. all over murals all over uh St. Louis and he is one incredible mm-hmm. artist and and great person and and also has a, a he's got a he's a a great um mover of 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 civil rights or just rights for for humanity mm-hmm. in a sense you know I just he really definitely worked a lot with trying to find identity to fatherhood in the african-american community so um loved working with him and that that one i wish i could have done on vinyl because it deserves the but i I didn't i ran out of money on that album you never know i mean the thing is with your music it's so timeless and being an indie artist it's something i I think if the the situation was right something like that could happen no i mean i may release it i may bring it back out it's a little different nowadays where you know before it was like the the music was uh, you know you were promoting it with your live shows now it's almost the opposite where the music is marketing right your your live shows your catalog your you know everything so it's kind of a little different story these days it is i'm still trying to figure that out and how it just moves so things move so quickly now yeah um and Uh, then so the new album it does that's my that one i did myself uh the artwork and and that was uh that's that's on vinyl and it's cool because it's actually i like the i like the artwork yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just I want to step back briefly. Sure. The Hobokane album, the song "Gold," is just one of those. When oh. I first heard that, I just I get real choked up. It's just something that you look at, it, you know, introspectively and say, "Wow, I I have something to offer. Right. I you know what I I need to keep pushing. Uh, you know, there's there's this light inside of me that I need to shine on to the world. So that, sure. that's kind of what I felt with that. And I when I was listening to it, it was just like I was getting choked up, and it was just. And I think yeah, in that, in that case you were right on on the message, and it's it it it's actually a message directed to you. I mean, you yeah. are the artist, and when I sing that song, I usually say that to the audience, you know, to those all those artists, and I don't mean just musicians. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. people that are trying to express themselves through the arts, whether writing, or you know, or or video, or mm-hmm. or or you know, in this case, podcasts or yeah. paintings or whatever yeah, it may. Yeah. It, it is uh, a song about uh, perseverance and realizing that that it's that it doesn't it, you're not always going to be recognized as being mm-hmm. doing something golden, doing something amazing. Yeah. But um, you just you you have to believe it within yourself because sometimes you are like like the song says you're broken, but the world won't make a sound. You know the world yeah. doesn't notice or the world mm-hmm. just walks right over yeah. you. But you still have to recognize you. It should you should not depend on the people's perception of you to believe in what you're doing. Yeah, uh, and, you just have to believe in it. Yeah, and the cool thing is, and I love the song so much, but that's probably a song I've only heard a couple of times, just for whatever reason. Okay. But it touched my soul so much that that was just like boom, right, right there. Um, yeah, but just, you have to listen to that. Some it's more. crazy. It's so good. Know, I love doing that song almost more when I do my solo shows mm-hmm. because. Uh, 
I wrote it just like that, and I love the version of the album, but I'm like, I, I want to release also one that is just on acoustic. And oh, I did yeah, a, I'd love to hear just that. Just because there's something about yeah. it that is really retro, retrospe- introspective. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so, yeah. So maybe that's why you... Because I, when I play here, I play, I've been playing a lot more band shows, and I think it's just because of COVID. I'm like, sure. I don't want to ever play a show without a drummer anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. you're playing at home all the time, playing these live no, streams yeah. by yourself. Yeah. Um, that's maybe cool. that's the case. I have a hypothetical question. Okay. So, you know, I was touching upon it with your catalog because it's such an amazing catalog that you've that you've crafted over the years. Uh, and I look at like these duets albums like Frank Sinatra and all that. Sure. So, you know, hypothetical question. We don't have to go through the whole catalog or anything, but a few songs. If you were doing a duets album with some of your songs, who would you get to, to work with? Hmm. I know this could be a tough one. Well, I mean, uh, it, it's... I'm guessing you're thinking of famous people. Like it could if I be, had, yeah. If, if we were dreaming and we had like just sure. endless amounts of money, and I'm shooting a video for it, we're doing this concert. You know, I mean, would Bono I, be be a, a potential oh, person? Absolutely. <laughs> what song? But, but uh, if I did a, a a song with Bono, I think I would like to do um, uh, a song from you. I mean, and at this point, I, I, I think it would be the song Levanta, but I would do probably, I don't think his Spanish is too uh-huh. good, so <laughs> I would maybe go with, I would maybe go with the version Stand Up. Okay. Uh, I just you know, identify that song as mm-hmm. about, in fact, I, I wrote that song after, uh, before, this was on the um, uh, the Democratic Convention speech when Obama first came into, okay. into yeah. the, it was his speech. Okay. And it touched me. It yeah, moved yeah. me. And so I... I wrote that song from okay. that, and uh, and and so maybe that would be the song. But uh, um, you know, there's <laughs> this would be a, a trio more because I would love to sing a song, a duet, but it would have to be with the Civil Wars. So uh, John Paul, John Paul White, and Joy Williams. Okay, they're they're from. But I mean, maybe just Joy Williams would be awesome. Uh-huh. But I would love to do a duet with with them. Yeah. you know, that's I love their voices. Uh, are they are they based in Nashville? They are man. You got if you haven't heard them, uh, you know I've all, heard the name, but you, you I need, need to add them to my list. You need to listen. It will uh-huh. it will move. They will move you. And they, they it's their their songs are they don't they're no longer together. Okay, but they did two albums. See, I I'm think, a late bloomer. I always catch these bands one later. Of them, one of them was I think a, even a Grammy winning album after they dismantled. Yeah. So but they they are gut wrenching love songs. I mean, they're just right up my alley. I, I'm not very bubbly when it comes to love, <laughs> so I love it. So they they were they would be one, and um honestly, if Jeff Buckley were alive, that would be a duet I'd like to do. Wow, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, um, and then female, I mean, female artists. Uh, I I would love to do a duet with Lady Gaga. I really would. I just uh, that I think would be she's, fun. She's yeah, phenomenal. phenomenal. She's yeah. phenomenal. Um, uh, I would do a. Uh, you know, uh, this is funny. I have a good friend that would criticize me for wanting to do a, a duet with Adele, but. Um, because Adele kind of can get on my nerves a little bit, but uh-huh. I just would love to do that. Um, there is um, there is an artist, uh, the female artist uh, singer for a band called Mecano. Uh, they're a historic band. I would mm-hmm. love to do a duet with her. Uh, so I don't know if you put me, uh, but on, I'd love to do a duet with uh, lead singer of Iron Maiden. I mean, Bruce it, Dickinson. <laughs> wow, that would be that awesome. Would be awesome. <laughs> I would, that was like be a yeah, dream come true. Wow. I mean, it's seriously. I'd I'd have to do take always the. I would take the low part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every single one, dude. That'd be cool. It's fun. It's fun to dream and all that. I mean, one idea that 
I, we've talked, and, and about... I've actually thought about doing a duet album. Just so you okay, know, I just right. I, I I think I would like to because I don't think I would. I have to get a B team, mm-hmm. so I don't think I could get. But I think I could well, get a, a, know, a go- throw it out there. You never right. know. So I, I'm I, I'd okay. like to do some, but of covers right. maybe. You've heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> Breaking news. But uh, yeah, yeah. One idea that I've talked about because live is so good, and you know have to have to continue to like water that seed that was planted years ago. But yeah, I could see a concert where you have maybe some of these guest appearances. Uh-huh. I know one one of my favorite concert uh, films. And I stumbled upon it when I fell asleep on the couch after watching that metal show, which was one of my uh, all-time favorites. Yeah. And then the Scorpions, they did, like, their MTV Unplugged was uh, in Athens. And so just amazing, if you haven't seen this, no. amazing acoustic show. And I don't know whether you're a fan of the Scorpions or I, not. I but was. So, I was at the time. I mean, but, I lived in Germany when they were huge. Sure, but man, check this out. It's it's the MTV Unplugged with them. And okay. it's just the acoustic the sonic value of this is wow. so amazing I'll definitely listen and to so it. they were bringing out artists i really didn't know of but european artists and it was kind of cool and i just see with all the players that you've played with over the years i envision like this mega concert i mean the catalog is there that with these guest players and like i don't know who would play on what you know right. that, that would be something at, at some time you'd say this is an this is a song that Eric Grossman just embodies. This right. would be this. Uh, this I've, is a Karn song. That that would be cool. And maybe at that point, there's a a chance to have these you know duets or maybe yeah, have a guest. Absolutely. I don't know. It's just I'm just dreaming here. It's no, it's, it's no, fun. No. But, I mean, uh, I you know Kelly Wilde sang in one of my songs from from uh, is it uh, Trixie Trixie the oh, Light? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's phenomenal. She yeah. sang in If You Dare in two songs, and I mean. That would be an incredible yeah. duet. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Jennifer Friend, who's an artist out of mm-hmm. uh, Nashville, she's another phenomenal mm-hmm. singer. So I mean, yeah, and yeah, your, I your love wife it. Julie, is and she's, my wife, yes, she's, she she sings in uh, she a couple great. of tracks on my yeah. on my album, and yeah. I, I still remember when uh, I Toby Wright when, on my the album that mm-hmm. Toby Wright did, and you know he's an LA cat. It's got two three Grammys on under his <laughs> belt. So I'm yeah. like, you know, we're sitting down, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and it's gonna sound like, oh, dude, I got one of these guys that wants to bring in his wife to uh-huh. sing. and I'm like so I'm not saying because she's my wife but I really think her voice uh-huh. would really fit in this song yeah, it yeah. was on the song Tame and uh which I actually co-wrote with with Jim Peters nice. and so uh and so he's like all right bring her in I go but I- I'm totally cool if you just like you know she starts singing you're like just look at me and go it's not gonna work. You don't even have to do it. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. And so, and my wife's <laughs> really cool. Signal. Give right. me the signal. <laughs> and then I'll just tell her, all right, yeah. it's over. So Julie gets in there and she starts singing, and and Toby looks at me, and goes, "Hey man, I think this is gonna work." I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> That's so it was awesome. Kind of, it was one of those moments where I said to Julie, <laughs> "Yeah, here we go. We have a winner here." That is fantastic. That's a great story. So many great stories. I want to end on sure. Uh, you want one thing that you did? It's been on your Facebook and. Throughout COVID, I know it's been a crazy time for yeah. musicians. It's been crazy on venues, and it's it's really sad to to see. You know, I hope a lot of these venues I love are able to hang in there, yeah. and just so many great memories in a lot of these venues uh, all over the world. Um, one one cool thing you've been doing is you know raising funds for musicians sure. and everything, and that's just such a such a solid thing that you've done. Um, I just wanted to touch upon it. We don't have to talk a lot about it. I know yeah. you're a humble guy, but you've done. I mean, that's cool that you have taken your talents and have put them into helping all these other people that right. have that meant a big part to your life. Well, you know, I mean, I, I was, I've been fortunate because my wife has been able to keep her job. 
So I think if my wife wouldn't have been able to keep her job, I'd be one of those musicians hoping that a musician would yeah. do what I was doing yeah, to get yeah. some money because it was, it was, a, it's a desperate moment. I mean, mm-hmm. I've lost. If I hadn't didn't have Julie, I'd I'd be right now, you know, collecting unemployment or trying yeah. or be busking on a whatever you know, on whatever a I would have to do or taking yeah. shows that were not healthy. Yes, we're not we're not so in, true. You know, so. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, I guess pay it forward in, in mm-hmm. some way. I mean, I've, uh, and so I basically started doing live streams from home with, uh, you know, the Venmo tip jar yeah, and yeah. just asking for people that if whatever was donated, mm-hmm. I was going to, you know, send to those musicians that, that I knew were struggling. And so I just, I, you know, I started picking up just about 10 of them that I knew of, and then it just kind of picked up. So I ended up doing about 25 um, artists and, uh, um, wow. and people that were, you know, struggling and yeah, yeah. that I knew that, you know, that were either, you know, didn't have anything or they were Ubering to make ends meet or yeah. whatever it was. So, and we were able to race. And then I put out a video where I did it with 25 artists. I wrote a song, uh, an instrumental song called Respiro, which means breathe. I love that. That was beautiful. And it's just an instrumental piece that, um, just pretty much, uh, I have no, I had no words, but what, about what was going mm-hmm. on, but I had, a, a, I had feelings, I had expressions. So I put this musical thing, and I asked twenty five artists out of, from the world. I mean, not all the world, but I mean, I did people from Spain, I had people from parts of the United mm-hmm. States, and everybody from home, tracking things the best they could. And I put this song. It was an eleven minute long song, uh, instrumental, and uh, we raised. So total between that and that, we raised over nine thousand dollars. Fantastic! And uh, from that, I was able to to you know help out a little bit. Sometimes it, I mean, I got some messages that it helped some people pay the rent, or you know pay the groceries, or whatever a car payment, or so every know, little bit. Helps. I, I wish I could have done more, yeah. but uh, that you know I've tried to do a little bit my part, and yeah, and you know, and I I just feel like. Um, I think musicians have helped me many times. I mean, I, I haven't always, you know, and, and in this business, we, we, we pay what we are getting paid. So sometimes I cannot pay more than it is. And, and throughout the years, I've had many musicians that have played for me mm-hmm. for less than what they deserve. And most of them do. I mean, I, I play for less than what sure, I think I've I deserve. Yeah, you know, I've you do it. it too. You How many freebies you've done mm-hmm. or you've helped me out. I mean, yeah. back in the day when we did, I don't know what I paid you if I did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, you know. Right. We learned some things. It was The experience sure. was good. But it's you something know. that, you know, you I don't want to take for granted. Sure. And, and so it's something that, you know, you can't always say, hey, man, I'm going to pay you back because you really don't know if you're going to be yeah. able to. And but you don't want to be that guy to say that and, and then not, not do it. Able, so right. I, I like the fact of paying it forward and things right. like that, keeping that energy going. And I think people and, and appreciate that. That's all it is. I mean, I'm, so. I'm not asking for anything return. I just yeah. hope that the energy will will fall positively on me at some point and, and my family and the ones I love. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm to put a link to that project in the cool. show page because it's one of those things in this day and age of the internet. It's like such a great project like that. You see it, but it's it's not like some of these albums um, right. that, that I've listened to all these years over and over. It's a it's, fun. It's, it's a, a fun different. song to, yeah, was, to check out just because you blast. see all these people yeah. that just steer pop. I mean, it goes from you know, I got Eric Grossman on yeah. it. I have this guy got Chris Carmichael, who's like a Grammy-winning mm-hmm. violinist and he's produced like Taylor Swift, and he's oh, phenomenal. Fantastic. To my nephew, I have a my 16-year-old nephew's pl- rips on the guitar. Mm-hmm. I got my son uh, Gabriel, 13 at the time, was 12 
playing tambourine. I got so I yeah. got you know Abby Stahlschmidt, who's a yeah, great yeah. violinist. Uh-huh. So I got Very it's just cool. great. You know, it's it's really full. Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Weber, uh, trumpet. Trum- uh, I don't know. I don't know her. Oh my God, I'm, I don't know. Uh, Miss Weber, um, <laughs> trumpet player here in um, in St. Louis. Yeah. And she's in it, so it's just it's full of full of artists. Mm-hmm. So it's um, well, very cool. I'll, yeah. I'll put that in there because I think that uh, hasn't received the all the recognition it, it deserves, or just that energy. That's more energy to put out there. Just yeah. uh, I think people will enjoy that. So that uh, that'll go along good with listen to this podcast, cool. watch that yeah. project, and enjoy it. Well, all the help you give is always appreciated. Yes, so it's thank always you. good to spread the love, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was because there's so many great people I know. And yeah. most of the people that I've, there's always, you know, this is going to be my mantra that I'll be talking about is that connection. So I'm, I'm connected to you as a person, to the work, uh, to these other artists, and I just like to share those connections with others. Right. So that's kind and of it's, what it's this Don is all Weber. about. I just wanted to make Don sure. Weber, it's Don see, Weber. Yes. I needed to talk a little <laughs> yes. longer to allow you to uh, thank you to recollect on that. Well, thank. This has been a walk down memory lane. Absolutely. There's there's a lot I learned that I didn't know. It was like. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. Well, cool. So this is, what a treat this was. Thank you so much. And, and it was almost, you know, we only had one squeak in the, yeah. uh, once, uh, what is yeah. it? The, the, the little swing, the, yeah, swing, the yeah. swings. Back in the day, that would have drove me crazy. Right. Well, and now and I'm just hey, like, we're, you know, growing, we're, we're growing, man. We're growing. So thanks, brother. Much You're love welcome. to you. Thank you.